Welcome back. Praise God for you. I am going to dig into something today that I don't prefer to dig into, and that is politics. And here we are where it's election season here in 2022. There are reports that uh, President Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump, is going to be getting back into the election race for 2024. There is uh, obviously power at stake in Congress. And listen, you're probably thinking about who you should vote for on the school board and things like that. And so I'm going to dig into this today. I'm going to I'm going to rely a lot on my notes because I want to make sure that I'm in the spirit and I am giving you what the Lord has to say and not me. So uh, the question today, and this is our topic, how do I vote? How do I vote? It's probably a misleading title. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the privilege to be here. We thank you for the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. We thank you that the government is on your shoulders. We thank you, God, that the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord. God, we do uh, pray that the righteous will rule so that the, the people will rejoice, God. We know that when the wicked are in power, uh, that the people mourn. And so, God, we do pray uh, for your perfect will to be done. We do pray for our preference, which is to see the Spirit of the Lord guiding our leaders at every level. But, God, we do understand that you move things the way you please, and we're going to dig into that, to that today. Will we be available to that, God? That is my prayer, that we'll get your pure heart and have clean hands in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray, amen. Just real quick, I want to remind you, our Facebook page uh, is where you can get a lot of our live streams. We're doing a lot more on Facebook these days. If you're watching us on YouTube, we thank you. You can also download this on, as a, an audio podcast. If you're listening to this, you can go to our YouTube channel, Faith Fire Worldwide Revival Ministries. Our website's faithfireworldwide.com. That's where you can sign up for our newsletter and get alerts to our posts on our blog. You can also uh, get text alerts so that you'll be alerted when we're putting new material out. And you can also be informed about things we're doing in the community, uh, worship gatherings and the like. So you can get on that text alert system if you simply text the word faith fire, one word, faith fire to 55498. Faith fire, text that to 55498 and you'll be on our text alert. So let me, let me just start here just so you understand where I'm coming from. The Holy Spirit whispered to me this question. Who says you have to vote? Who says you have to vote? And I knew instantly that it's up to him to tell me how to vote. And it's up to him to tell me if I should vote. So I want to ask a question. I'm right, I wrote all this down in prayer. Do you vote for what you want or what God wants? And here's why I ask those questions. Is either party, we're talking about the major parties, Democrat and Republican, is either party representing righteousness? The question is, is either party representing righteousness? Do we see the heart of Jesus in the Republican Party? Do we see the heart of Jesus in the Democratic Party? I've been to both the Republican and Democratic Party national conventions, and I have discerned the spirits that influence both of those parties. And I can tell you, neither one of those parties is righteous. Neither one of those parties is God's favorite. Neither one of those parties serves God more than the other. Bear with me, because I know some might disagree with what I'm saying, but we're going to get into the Word of God. I want you to be available to this, because this is a major issue with the Lord these days, that we have been, um, we have been defiled by our love for political power and being right. Being right. It's an issue. Major parties do espouse some righteous goals in their platform. We've got to be fair and tell the truth. Democrats seek to help the poor and the marginalized. They're caring about the planet. Republicans want to preserve life and certain religious freedoms. 
And those are just a few examples. We could go on and on about the things that are biblical that each party wants to do. But do those platforms represent in full what God wants, either of their platforms? God wants people to know him. But do those platforms, the Republican or Democratic platforms, do they represent the commandments, laws, and precepts that are meant to keep us safe and most importantly, close to God? Meaning, keep us safe in his righteousness. When we're outside of his righteousness, we're being set up for a fall. We're being set up for consequences. And we know that neither party, and I'm talking about the major parties, we've got other parties, libertarian and like, none of the parties that I'm familiar with exists to bring us closer to God. They exist to get what they want, power. And I wrote this in bold letters, the political system is a world system and this means that it does not worship God. Now, I wanna make this clear. The political system serves God because God owns it all, he's sovereign, and everything's working perfectly according to his plan. He uses Satan to get his plans accomplished. So it's not that the world system doesn't serve God, but the world system, the political system, is one of the systems of this world. The political system does not worship God. And this is gonna be news to some people. And I want you to hold on to your faith here and, and be comforted because God's not ripping up the rug from under you. He's trying to bring you into a place of alignment with his heart. So if you're a person who's so gung-ho Republican, you vote a party line, or you're gung-ho Democrat and you vote party line, or if, even if you're an independent and you vote according to your conscience, that does not mean that you're aligned with God's heart. And God wants you aligned with his heart. Throughout scripture, God, allows wicked people to rule the government. Just look at the history of the people of God. So many wicked kings. Pilate was told by Jesus, the power would not be in your hands if it not been given to you. The father gave Pilate the power to adjudicate the death of Christ on a cross. It was the world system that partnered with the enemy to kill Jesus. It was the world system that served God to take Jesus to the cross. But the political system, Pilate said, what is truth? The political system's not concerned about truth. I wanna say this again to you. If anyone is a giver to the Republican or Democratic Party, save your money, give it to God and his ministry. Because listen, Pilate said, what is truth? The political system does not worship God. It is not interested in proclaiming the truth of Jesus, period. It will use biblical things and religious traditions and commandments of men to get what it wants, which is division, because political people exist on division. You would not need a political system if you did not have a divided country, a divided conscience. God is in control of the government. Psalm 75, six and seven says, for exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. So when a Democrat's in power and you don't like it, God said, I want that Democrat in power. I know you might argue with that and say, but it's because people voted that way. God moved their heart, how do we know? God moved the heart of Pharaoh. He said, I am going to, to force Pharaoh to let my people go. I'm going, to, I'm going to offend him. 
He knew it was already in Pharaoh's heart, and he just pushed the right buttons to get Pharaoh to do the right thing. And Pharaoh at one point considered repentance. More than once he said to Moses, pray for me. He says, I'm among a people who are wicked. I'm among a people that are dirty. Pray for me. Pray to your God for me. But eventually he, he did what God knew he was going to do. He did not repent. What am I getting at? God moves the hearts of the leaders the way he wants them to move according to what's already in their heart and the political systems full of people who have a divided heart. Their eyes are not single. Listen, I'm not saying you cannot be in politics and love the Lord. You certainly can. But I'm tell you this. If you're a Democrat and you don't vote party line, there are consequences. If you're a Republican and don't vote party line, there are consequences. Even at the local level, you won't get funding. Why? Because money is at the root of the political system. We're going to talk about it in a minute. God uses whoever he wants to get his glory and get people to come to him and turn to him. That's the whole point of everything. Everything God does is for people to know and understand him. And so he allows persecution. He allows things that we don't prefer from political parties that we might not like to happen to force us what? To come to him. God used a donkey to talk to Balaam so he can use whatever he wants and whatever means to get what he wants to happen in the earth. God wants his church. Let's make it plain. God wants his church more than anything. He wants to grow his church and he wants to purify his church. He wants everyone that possibly can to come into the church. He doesn't want anyone to perish. And so he allows earthquakes, famine, plagues, wars so that people will come to him to correct us and direct us into his heart. And the truth is God will use a Democrat or a Republican as he chooses. So I believe we're asking the wrong question when we ask, who should I vote for? The question should be, God, what are you doing in the earth? Glory to God. What are you doing in your church? These are the questions. I don't want to see any believer partner with a Babylonian system, an antichrist system. So think about the religious leaders in the days of Jesus. They partnered with the pagan system. They partnered with the Roman system. And they did not recognize Jesus when he was standing right in front of them. They had basically divested themselves of being faithful followers of God in exchange for political power, influence, and, and preference to be treated well. They avoided persecution. They sought comfort more than, than worship. And it was in that atmosphere where Jesus says, the time is coming and now is when the Lord is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and truth. For the Lord desires those to worship him. And he says, God is a spirit. And so we have to worship him in spirit and truth. He doesn't want you to worship him at the ballot box. You can worship him at the ballot box. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm saying that it's not primary. It's not primary. If you don't vote, that doesn't mean you've stepped out of worship. Come on, somebody. If you don't participate in the democratic process at the ballot box, that doesn't mean that you, all right? You can participate in the democratic process by being a believer and being in the discussions at the school board meeting. That doesn't mean you had to vote one of the people there into being in office. Come on, somebody. You can bring the truth of God's word into the, the halls of justice. You can bring the truth of God's word and the truth and the blessing of God's heart and his love in, in uh, places where people are convening to discuss issues. But that doesn't mean that you have to partner with the Babylonian system to set up the system. Daniel didn't set up the system of Babylon, but he operated within it. Come on, somebody. Someone needs to hear the Lord today. 
Nehemiah did not put the system in place where the people of God were oppressed, but he operated within the system. In fact, God set up the system. The people of God, God brought trouble to them and told them to stay there. They argued with Jeremiah when he said, don't go to Egypt, stay right here under Babylonian captivity, stay here and build your houses and plant your vineyards right here in the midst of a famine, right here in the midst of trouble. Why? Because God's getting his glory right here. God is purifying his people right here. He's teaching us to worship right here. And so political power has nothing to do with you getting God's will done in the earth. God's gonna do it no matter what you do, whether you vote or not. So the people who lost their love for the Lord in lieu of having political influence or influence with the kingdom of this world, they lost pure and devoted worship in exchange for the prestige and the power over people. And it disgusted the Lord. He talked about how their religious traditions, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, quote, shut up the kingdom of God from people who otherwise would come to know God. And that's the plan of the enemy, for us to partner in a system that literally shuts up the kingdom of heaven. Listen to Matthew 23, 25. It says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. And he says, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. They want to get what they want more than they want God's will. What do you do when you use extortion? You, you, you try to milk somebody out of something that you want by using your influence over them, your leverage over them. That's what extortion is. And so the church, there are many of us in the body of Christ who are trying to get God's kingdom to come by leveraging politics. We don't need to do that. Leverage your prayer life. <laughs> and some people are going to argue about this. You just can't see it. You just can't see how the people of Israel are literally supposed to be preaching to us about how God's will is for us to submit to him. What did the Lord say to Samuel when they rejected Samuel as the leader and said, we want a king like the other nations around us. We want to partner with the kingdom of this world. He said to Samuel, brother, don't be upset. They didn't reject you. They rejected me. And the body of Christ has rejected Jesus for Donald Trump. The body of Christ has rejected Jesus for Joe Biden. The body of Christ has rejected Jesus for Kamala Harris. The, the body of Christ has rejected Jesus for, for, uh, for Mike Pence. The body of Christ has rejected Jesus for a Democratic Party ticket that we just punch down the list. If everyone that we see has a D next to their name, we put them in. Or everyone that we see with an R next to they, their name, we put them in. And this system is set up for them to win. We're going to talk about that in a minute. The system is perverted. So the Pharisees and the scribes who the Lord was, was rebuking, they wanted to be in power. They were self-indulgent. They were all about themselves. They weren't self-emptying. They weren't emptying themselves before the Lord to worship him and teach people how to love God. They wanted influence over people and they wanted financial rewards. They sought the best seats at the feasts, right? They, they prayed long prayers. They wanted people to look up to them. They wanted influence over people. Who is your king? Who is your king? Is it a party or a president? Or is it King Jesus Christ? He died and rose. Not Donald Trump, not Joe Biden. He gave his blood for you. Not Donald Trump, not Joe Biden, not a Democrat, not a Republican, not the governor of your state or the lieutenant governor. Stop worshiping these men and these women and worship God and hold these folks accountable to God. Tell them what thus says the Lord. The word makes it clear, no matter who is in power, 
Jesus is truly behind whatever's going on. Proverbs 21 and 1 says, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Listen to the Lord. He turns the heart of leaders wherever he wants them to go. If we know he truly decides in power, why don't, if we know he truly decides who is in power, why don't we spend more time in prayer for our government instead of forcing ourselves to choose between two unrighteous choices? I'm going to say that again. Why don't we spend more time in prayer for our government, leaders, people, instead of forcing ourselves to choose between two unrighteous choices? I'll never forget when Mitt Romney was running against um, Barack Obama, and it seemed like the perfect setup by the Lord. Are you going to vote for a Mormon, which is an idol-worshiping faith, or are you going to vote for somebody who uh, was, was espousing very liberal views in social consciousness? And eventually we know he, uh, President Obama, was in favor of gay marriage and other things, transgender rights and all these other things that have changed the social construct of our nation. He was a humanist. Two unrighteous choices. Now, I'm not cursing them, and this is a problem. We get the Bible says, pray for your leaders. It's in the word of God. Pray for those who are over you, says the Lord. Pray for their prosperity. Pray for their minds to be submitted to the spirit of God. Don't, don't curse them. I saw a pastor once curse someone, and I said, wow, he just doesn't know Christ. So when we decide that we're going to just vote, that can be a case where democracy has been elevated to, the, to a place of faith in Christ. We now have a divided heart. And if I don't vote, that doesn't make me any less of a Christ follower. I'm not commanded by God to vote. I am commanded to serve no other God. That's the commandment. You will have no other gods besides me says the Lord, I am the Lord. Not democracy, not uh, federalism, not representative democracy. None of it serves God. I mean, none of it worships God. It serves God, but it doesn't worship God. And so you don't have to worship at that altar. You are commanded to serve no other God, including Republican or Democratic parties. And I believe and I know that politics has stolen faith and devotion out of God's church. We preach sermons about voting. We preach sermons about voting. But that means we are promoting a trust in man. We're basically preaching that it depends on how you vote. I think it depends on how you pray. I believe that. I know it's how you pray. Democrats are in favor of abortion rights, transgender identity, uh, it's fine in their eyes, and it's not something that is um, bad for a person. They support homosexual marriage, which is an, <laughs> which is an oxymoron in the faith, because marriage can only be between a man and a woman. Republicans, on the other hand, do not uh, always seek to help the poor. They favor the wealthy in business. They ignore the truth about climate change in favor of businesses making money. And somebody's getting offended right now. You've got to see. Pray for the Lord to show you the demonic forces that are behind these parties. Someone's getting offended. Republicans attract racism and bigotry. They attract it. Why? Because they're so full of pride and this nationalistic spirit that we cannot serve all people. They use their mouths in despicable ways. I've just been 
offended in my spirit. I've, I hate it with a perfect hatred when I see people, particularly on the right, getting elected and screaming at someone on the Capitol steps about abortion. That does not represent the heart of Christ. It's not patient. It's not gentle. It's not Jesus. And they think they're representing Christ. It is a perversion. It's a blindness. It is not worship. It is anti-Christ. God Almighty. Republicans attract conspiracy theorists and nationalists and violent extremists who attack Democrats. I'm not saying that they're trying for these people to attract them, but it's happening. Why? Because the spirit in the Republican and so prideful, so proud, and so nationalistic in its, in its root, and it's so about power and keeping people below, that the, it attracts people who will not allow any change. It's a, it's a fear-driven platform. Both of them are, just to be fair. The Republican and Democratic platforms are fear-driven. Provision comes from the Lord. All we need to do is pray and ask the Lord how he's going to provide. These parties aren't doing that. They're not having prayer meetings, getting together and waiting on the Lord. <laughs> and the truth is the love of money is behind both parties. Wealthy donors are supporting and influencing these parties. That's why the rich donate to both parties. Hear me today as I stand on behalf of the Lord. The love of money is the root of all what? Evil. Evil abounds in these parties because people who have all this money, they just want power and they exert influence over the people that they donate to. And that's why you'll see corporations donate a bunch of money to both parties. It's a wicked Babylonian world system that is rooted, seated, and ruled by the kingdom of darkness. We are not to build that kingdom. We are to operate within it. Shining light, bringing wisdom, bringing the will of God, the voice of God. It is about money and power. Jesus was not about money and power. He did not answer to politicians. How do we know? Mark 15. Let's go to verse 3. It says, And the chief priests accused Jesus of many things, but he answered nothing. Then Pilate asked him, saying, Do you answer nothing? See how many things they testify against you? He was trying to, to say, Listen, Jesus, aren't you afraid of what's going to happen? But Jesus still answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. Jesus did not seek to influence the political structure. He did not seek to influence the governmental structure. He did not seek to avoid persecution. He submitted like a lamb before his shearers is dumb. He uttered not a word out of his mouth. He became acquainted with grief. He was a man of sorrows. And by his stripes, we are healed. Isaiah 53 teaches us that the chastisement of our peace was upon him. It doesn't matter who's in power. Peace is with us. He gives us our peace through the chastisement that he endured by modeling how he does not bow to any system except the kingdom of God. He does not seek man's honor. Mm. He does not seek man's preference. He is an impartial God. He did not seek to influence government, despite the fact his people were being oppressed by that government. He allowed the oppression. Jesus never said, man, and this is what the Israelites were looking for. They were looking for a Messiah that was going to come and upset the political structure, upset the governmental structure, overthrow Herod, overthrow Caesar. And, and that's even what he was accused of doing just by loving people. The Pharisees says, do you not serve Caesar? Why did they ask that question? Because they did. They served Caesar. 
They bowed to Caesar before they bowed to God. They weren't interested in the secret place. They weren't interested in bowing their hearts before the Lord in adoration and delight. They weren't interested in, in knowing and understanding him. Kindness. They were interested in religion, which is a setup and a system and a standard of man's tradition and ways in order to promote someone being pious, being worthy. And that's what he delivered us out of. He wants our circumcised heart. He doesn't want the outward appearance. He wants your heart to be circumcised. Glory to God. Why did Jesus allow the oppressions instead of trying to change the structure of the government? Because the oppression accomplishes his goal to bring people to humility and a place where they will hear and receive him. This is why we've got to adopt this spirit where we endure persecution instead of trying to get the government to avoid it for us. Listen, it's coming anyway. And I want to say this officially, gun rights is not on God's heart. Especially not by any means necessary. He does not want you to take up a sword before you pray. And he cries over the, the, the bodies of people who were murdered in cold blood by these guns, mass shootings. And so when we begin to get into our flesh and say, oh, no, the Constitution says the Constitution is not Bible. I wish I had time. The Constitution's not in the Bible. <laughs> it is influenced by the Bible, but it is not Scripture. It is not infallible. It is fallible. And when the Antichrist sits on his throne, the Constitution will not be in effect. Read the revelation of John. I believe Jesus would have been ignored if he had come during a time of great prosperity in Israel. Why? They wouldn't have felt a need for a savior or a king or a messiah from heaven. That is the intoxicating effect of political power. When you've got that power, you don't feel you need a savior. Matthew 17 and 25 says, uh, this, is, this is Jesus um, being asked, or Peter was being asked, does Jesus pay taxes? And Peter said, yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him saying, what do you think, Simon? From who do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? From their sons or from strangers? And Peter says, from strangers. And Jesus said, then the sons are free. Come on, Holy Ghost. What was he saying to Peter? It doesn't matter how much they charge us in taxes. We're free because we've got a father in heaven. Our father doesn't tax us. Glory to God. It doesn't matter your state of being in the earth, where you're being taxed, where you're being oppressed by the government. The Roman system didn't tax them fairly. They taxed the poor in greater relation than the rich. And that's what's happening in America. The poor, more, more percentage of their income is taxed than the rich. And people don't like it. And I'm not a pro-Democrat. I'm just telling you, on the Republican platform, that's one of the instances where we see the heart of Jesus is not being, not being glorified. He pities the poor. You're free no matter who's in power because your father, your king is in heaven. But this system says they tax strangers. They tax those who don't have the certain seat. They tax those who have not been put in a certain influential position, and that's the political system we have. Certain people in certain positions have, have partial access. Doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican, and that's not the heart of Christ. We've gotta pray into this, y'all, and we've gotta get set free from this political spirit. It is a principality in America where people are blind. We've got prophets prophesying on behalf of political parties. 
false prophet. Your king will always care for you even as the world is against us. And I need you to hear this. We cannot escape persecution. It is prophesied in the word. Lawlessness will increase. But when we look at the church, we see that we're entrenched right now in a Pharisee model. This spirit of religion has co-opted and blinded the church all over the world. And we really co have come to a place where we believe that it's our job to put people in political office. We really believe that. How do I know? Millions and millions of dollars are pouring in from people in churches. Millions and millions of dollars. Uh, many people in churches are, are, are very much involved in the political realm. We think it's our job to put people in political office. Let the world rule itself because we are not of this world. Listen, Daniel did not try to topple Babylon. God did. Let me hear you. Let, let you I want you to hear me. God toppled Babylon. The religious believe there's only one way to vote in spite of the character flaws, vast character flaws, and the pride that we see in the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. And I want to suggest that we don't support either. I propose that we trust the Lord. Our political system's never been more perverse and corrupt, not in our contemporary times. There are demonic spirits influencing both major parties. These parties even control the voting system. I alluded to this alluded to this earlier. The parties, each of them, do not allow for independent thinking from their elected officials. Think about that. They control the narrative. You've got to, how can a person be born into America and agree with everything on a platform? No one does. No one agrees with everything on the platform. But they're expected to toe the what? Party line. They control the people. The system control, they control each other. And this is the model we wanted. Just as Israel rejected Samuel as a prophet and a judge and a representative of God, we, the church, have rejected the Lord as the king of the government of the church. We'd rather elect extremists who foment hate and bash their opponents and blatantly ignore reasonable counsel. We've got people who just blatantly hate. Nancy Pelosi's husband was almost killed recently, beaten with a hammer. And we have people on the Republican side making jokes about it. Donald Trump's son posted something that made fun of, his, of this man who is elderly being beaten by a hammer. What kind of spirit is that? And we've got people in the church who are so uh, in allegiance with the Trump family, it didn't even bother them more than it, than it would bother them for a Democrat to be in office. Character is important to Christ. We'd rather elect people who promote sexual perversion and perverse ideas about gender identity since they're friendly to minorities' needs for economic support, civil rights, and social advancement. Or they support climate change. Listen, both parties are co-opted by demons. Where is the outcry to the Lord to cleanse these parties? Where is it? I don't see it in the church. I see the church being mainly pro-Republican. Pro at least on TV, we know that's not true. We know a lot of people, who, especially of color, are very democratic in the church. But most of the people you hear screaming and yelling about, about faith are folks that are pro-Republican. Where, where is the outcry for them to cleanse the Republican Party? Where is the outcry to the Republican Party to give up this, this, these lies, these conspiracy theories that are based on having a condescending attitude about people that don't look like them? 
It's the truth can be hard. This is the spirit of the living God directing and correcting us. And I normally wouldn't go this long in a podcast, but I know the spirit of God needs me to get this out. How can we be so entrenched? How can any Christian identify as a Democrat? How can any Christian identify as a Republican? I recently saw a pastor I know running for office as a Democrat. I just don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. Because we know from scripture that the global economic and political system is in a nosedive towards serving a revealed antichrist in person. But many antichrists are already in the world and they are operating in these political systems. Those spirits are sending us on an ever increasing momentum toward degradation and the abomination of desolation in the temple. It's time for all Christians to divest themselves of, of this vow that you have to vote. I'm telling you, release yourself. It's time that we release ourselves from the pressure of believing the politicians rule the nation. <laughs> it's time that we pray and fast and seek God's face before we identify with any political party. Can't you see it in the that the Lord is revealing the corruption and the pride and the religious and political spirits that are pervasive in government? It's time that we no longer agree with this unrighteousness, which is blatant now. It's just in the open. And so many people are so committed to the political wickedness that they don't care. They're still committed to their party, no matter what character flaws, no matter what comes out of the mouth of their po political preference, no matter how those people treat other people, no matter how much shame is brought on the nation by their behavior, no matter how unwise they are, no matter how... Uh, how tarnished their personality is, how tarnished their past is. It doesn't matter because we truly believe that we need power in the political realm more than we need people who what? Glorify God. It's a lie straight from hell. The Lord has allowed us to be carried away by our own lusts and enticed, and we've allowed sin to conceive and we now are walking in the consequences of it. And some of us are still so blind, we can't let go. And I'm beckoning you to go to God about this. Go to God about this. Don't believe me, go to God. Lord, I pray in the spirit that you're opening our eyes right now. It's time that we divest ourselves of this Babylonian system and allow ourselves to be occupied, literally. Let yourself live in this system. Why? Because when you allow yourself to be oppressed and suppressed, it brings the God out of you. The prophetic ministry of Daniel, the prophetic ministry of Joseph, the ministry of, of Moses, the ministry of Joshua, the ministry of David, the ministry of all these people who we, we exalt, the ministry of Elijah, were in systems that were co-opted by governments that were wicked. They did not serve God, and God allowed people in those systems to arise and help purify the people's minds. Glory to God. Being persecuted is going to stir up the gifts of the Spirit and drive us to prayer. Only persecution will cleanse us from our selfish desires and purify the bride. See, this is what we don't like, that, that it's a fuller soap. It's flames. The Bible says every sacrifice will be salted with fire. We need to pray into the persecution. We need to pray into the purification of the bride. The purification doesn't come with like a nice and gentle, you know, rub on the back. No, Esther was purified with myrrh. 
<laughs> myrrh represents the, the, the scent of death. She had to die to who she was in order to serve a pagan king, in order to be in a position to alter the, the, the outcome for God's people. She had to submit to a death. Come on. She needed someone to tell her who she was, that she had been sent by God to do God's work, not the work of the king. We have to be helpless before we'll cry out, just like God's children in Egypt under bondage for 430 years, well, 400 years. We need to be oppressed and submit to oppression before we'll cry out. We need to be re-familiarized with true worship. I'm going to say that again. We need to be re-familiarized with true worship. True worship comes from a place of emptiness. It comes from a place where you don't want anything from God except him. And you can only get to that point when you, when you empty yourself of all of your desires and your agenda. We have lost our pure worship at the altar of politics and power. Political power seeks to influence people for one's own benefit. God's power is meant to benefit everyone and give him glory. Now, everyone doesn't take it by faith, but he means to benefit everyone. He doesn't, he's not partial towards certain people who look a certain way or don't have a certain amount of money or even are, are not living a certain lifestyle. He loves them all. He wants to draw them with his loving kindness. Our power comes from our ability to influence people with God in agreement with him. We don't need to seek the influence of people with politics. It's just not in the word. It's not. It's not in the word for us to be in the middle of a wicked system and try to steer the nation with a wicked system. No. What is in the Bible is, is judgment and purification that comes through a prophet who comes and, and basically speaks to power and says, you need to return to God. We need to be praying for this system to be plucked up, pulled, uh, to be rooted up. And we need to be pulling down the kingdom of God and asking him to build and plant a new political system that honors him. Our battle is not with flesh and blood, period. Please pray that the church will submit to God and his kingdom government. Pray that we will trust him with all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. I pray we will seek his face and his blessing and his lordship, that we will not fear man or exalt him as our provider or our savior. We will fear God, we will trust him, we will love him, and he is demanding that the church loves him fully. He is, he is angry with idolatry, he is angry with the enemy, and he is going to have his bride. So let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your will will be revealed to each and every one of us for how we should participate in this wicked, political, perverse system that does not honor God. It does not worship you. It certainly doesn't worship you in truth. So many lies are just promoted in politics. They certainly don't worship you in the spirit. God, I pray for people like Ron DeSantis. I pray for Beto O'Rourke. God, I pray for, Gretch, uh, for, for uh, governors all over the land, the governor of New York, God. I pray, God, for the lieutenant governor of North Carolina. I pray for Governor Roy Cooper in North Carolina. I pray, hallelujah, for, for the governor of California, God. I pray for all of them, no matter their stripe, 
or their color, God, no matter their political affiliation, I pray they all will know wisdom that comes from you. May the spirit of the Lord become, uh, come upon them with the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of power and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. We pray Isaiah 11 over them. And we pray that wisdom over your people, the heavenly wisdom that, that is easy to yield to you, that is full of mercy and good fruit, that is without partiality and without hypocrisy. God, I pray we just won't part and parcel buy into any political party, no matter what they're spout, spouting or what they're spitting and what they're promoting, that will hold individuals accountable, that people in each of these parties, God, and all parties in the political sphere will begin to take individual stock of where they stand with you and operate no matter what the cost that they will operate in devotion to God. So many just want to stay in power as long as they can, and they just, they take the bait, and they vote against their heart, against the heart you've put in them. I pray that they don't trust their own heart, because it is desperately wicked, and that they will trust to know the heart of God about everything for the good of the people in this land, and the good of the people in this world. We pray for this same breakthrough in the land all over the world. It's in the name of Jesus I pray, amen. Listen, I thank you for sitting through this if you've listened to the end. I thank you for having an availability to this word. I thank you for having an opportunity to hear me out. I believe it's the spirit of the Lord speaking to the bride that it's time for us to stop eating at the table of idols, to stop having fellowship with demons. It's time for us to come out from among them and be separate. It's time for us to take his yoke upon us and worship him. For he's meek and lowly in heart. and He gives rest for our souls. We need the meek and lowly Jesus. We don't need to be trying to rule with pride. <laughs> Teach us, Lord. If you want to give to this ministry, you can give at faithfireworldwide.com. You can also sign up for our newsletter there and be informed about when we're going on live and uh, what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. You can also sign up for text alerts by sending the word faith fire to 55498 faith fire 55498 uh, and you'll be getting alerts from when we have new podcasts here on youtube or here on your favorite audio podcast platform i praise god for you we pray that you will support us in prayer uh, because we are going after god in this season he is speaking so clearly for us and to us and uh, he wants his people to come to him i love you and god bless you and we'll see you next time until then be blessed Thank you.